Happy Thanksgiving. Right? I actually like to call it Tea Hanksgiving. Didn't I tell you about this? What's Tea Hanksgiving? So every year my friends, they throw a Thanksgiving, but they just put a period between the T and the H, so that way it's T.Hanksgiving. Okay, Tea Hanksgiving. Themed after Tom Hanks. Oh, okay. And so we always do a Tom Hanks-themed Thanksgiving. Oh, and do you dress like Tom Hanks and like, look like Tom Hanks I mean, like do Tom I Hanks just wear whatever? a pair of blue jeans and a white shirt and I look like Tom Hanks? Yeah, I feel like everyone looks like, like Forrest Tom Hanks. Gump? I mean, yeah. Okay, that's how you do it. And then well, you, you do that, over. but then you also have, like, you know, you also have, uh, like, you know, themed items that go with it. You know what I'm talking about? It's like you would actually theme your, your hol- sorry, I said Halloween, your Thanksgiving meal around Tom Hanks. So what other Tom Hanks items would there be? Like Saving Private Ryan? Well, there's, big? like, there's, um, there's like uh, what do you call it? We did um, the Turnips and Hooch. Oh, okay. Turn- okay. <laughs> um, that was one. I'm trying to think of some other ones they had. Um, Turnips and hooch is yeah. great. They had a, uh, we also did a, like, that stuffing you do <laughs> instead of that thing you do. <laughs> oh, my God. I totally yeah. remember that mo- movie. Yeah, you know, that so stuff like that you that you do? can do. I mean, there's always a bunch of really good ones. So. Oh, my God. That's hysterical. Yeah, but we do it every year. We do it all, like, every year I my, at, a, at this, like, barbecue joint in D.C. Smoke and Barrel. It's awesome. And that is their, is their, theme, their theme, theme, theme every, every year. So yeah. don't play the public. Yeah, of course. We have like beatless in Seattle, so it's a beat dude. You know, it's a beat dish. Beatless in yeah. Seattle. That's really good. Yeah, you know, there's like bosom spuddies instead of bosom buddies. <laughs> oh my god, mm-hmm. I love this. There's okay, a bunch but- of them, like a leak of their own. That's leaks. <laughs> You know, so you can do like some sauteed leeks. Oh, you do sauteed leeks. So it's like a league of their own, you know. Um, There's a bunch. I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the other ones we had. Thanksgiving. Oh, they had like Rollar Express, which I thought was pretty dumb. That was oh, because of the Polar, Polar Express, but it's for like the, the breakfast rolls, like the actual rolls they had. So, oh my god, that's pretty creative. Well, there you go on yeah, this holiday. You know. I love it. Uh, welcome to the show. We're your hosts, Sarah Frazier, Sammy K, and the Hey Frazier podcast. Thank you guys so much. I feel like we haven't thanked our audience in a while for listening. Thank you. Thank you. A huge thank you. Um, and by the way, you probably know this, but if you're new to the show, you can get us. Uh, Podcast One has an app if you're an Android user or at podcastone.com. We love for you to go there and inundate, flood their website. The more you're there, um, the more it helps us and, and helps us get advertising and sales, which keep us going. So thank you, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also get us on iTunes. Just search Hey Frage and then leave a review of the show. I'm sure your reviews will be I finally remember the ones I was trying to remember. It's You've Got Kale. That's my favorite dish, <laughs> is that You've Got Kale. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, well, we have a lot of show, so many things to talk about. And, you know, neither one of us have kids on this show. But I do, I'm always fascinated by this. There was a recent story about what happens when elite parents dominate um, volunteering at school. And I just was curious. I mean, we'll just weigh in on it. And I, I'm fascinated to see mm-hmm. what the audience thinks about it. But apparently, more and more kind of elite parents are being able to volunteer. They flex their hours. But it doesn't really have a positive impact on schools. So I just, I, we'll get into that. This has a positive impact on the parents' egos? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, Sammy's got an interesting group text issue that's kind of backfired on you over the weekend. I mean, it's not we- really a group text. I think it's just, I've got to start, I, so I realize there's two types of texters in the world, okay? The ones that send a bunch of mini messages and the ones that just send a huge novel. Right? I Got consider it. myself to be a novel texter. Like, I will just write, if it's a bunch of stuff I have to answer, I will write it all out. 
My problem is, though, I have friends that just do mini messages, and I, A, never read them in order, or B, only read the bottom one, and I've absolutely screwed myself on so many occasions. Oh, I see, because you just le- read the last I just thing, read and the then last it leads one, you. And it leads me just to, like, say something that they're like, what the fuck are you, oh, oh, oh. Wait, wait, just oh, already did it, did it already, did it already. This is a statement intended to specify or delimit the scope of rights and obligations that may be exercised and enforced by parties in a legally recognized relationship. Oh, what? This is your disclaimer. The Hate Fridge podcast may not be suitable for all I mean, I don't want to uh, blow up your spot, but are you going to read the one about hickeys, or are you not? I can. I mean, at this point, you've just blown up my spot, so (laughs) what's the point? I never know what to say. I never know what to say. Well, I got myself in trouble because all I read was... yeah, all I read was da 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 da. Hold on, let me scroll back up. Yeah, no problem. Well, I was going to say the other thing. It that said, we... "Please don't ever give me a hickey." It's weird, and that's all I read. And in my head, I'm going through, and I go, "When the hell did I give this lady a hickey? Like, when did this happen? When did I give her a hickey?" Yes. And I actually start responding to her, being like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Like, I never gave you a hickey. What are you like? What are you saying?" Unfortunately, I sent that what the fuck are you talking about text before I realized she had sent me two smaller texts before that that was referring to her friend had gotten a hickey and how her friend was so mad Got and it. she was just saying, hey, please don't ever give me a hickey. Oh, but you... So okay. it wasn't like, hey, don't ever give me a hickey. It was in context of my friend got a hickey. She's so mad. Don't ever give me a hickey. So it's not necessarily group text. Like it's, it's when not a you group. text. It's when you. It's ah. independent messages versus a large novel. Okay, got it. Got you it. Got know, it. Where I sit there, unfortunately, like if I said you wrote me five things, I'm normally just going to read the very last one. <laughs> well, way to go. That and that's not what it screws me. And yeah, this completely screwed me on this one. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Have you ever typed something back to somebody just reading that last line that got you I in do trouble? It all the time. So you'll answer, and it gets you in trouble. Too. I will do it all the time. All or like I'll be completely out of the loop on stuff because I'll only respond to the last one. The hickey one. Did you write back immediately and go? I okay, told you no I wrote loaded. back. What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, oh, oh. And then they were like, huh? I was like, oh, sorry, I didn't read the first two. Okay, yeah, I did not give you the hickey, but yeah, that sucks for your friend. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like that's my problem. I was so confused. I was confused about the whole group text. I, I keep group thinking text. that you're texting all of your friends. Yeah, I text all my friends, hey, by the way, guys, just got accused of giving someone a hickey. <laughs> well, that's what I couldn't wrap my head around, so I wasn't really listening, but now I'm, I'm present. You don't I'm listen? Back. No, I, <laughs> I, I do listen. I swear. I don't even want to go there. I listened to that entire thing, just so you know. See, that's what listening sounds like, Sarah. And also, I want your help, Sammy. Okay, what am I doing? How do you get your workaholic partner to slow down? And my question is, you know, one... Did Dan send me this email? Because I feel like you could say the same thing for you. You think I'm a workaholic? I feel like you have, yeah. I mean, here, I think... Really? Not a workaholic, because you don't spend all day long working, but you you are a schedule-aholic, which I can explain the difference between. Oh, okay. Well, interesting. Well, hold on to that point, then we'll get to that. Okay. Um, also, I wanted to talk about... we got. Do you have a couple of voicemails? We got a couple of voicemails. We also got an email from Daniel. And, um, Damn, I don't, Daniel. I don't know if we want to give Daniel a call, but he says, uh, Hey, Sarah and Sammy, I was laughing out loud listening to you two trying to pronounce the name of the Brazilian author, author Paolo... Um, well, we ended up saying Paolo Culo. Coolo uh, or Cool Ho. Uh, but it, <laughs> no, we called him Coal Hole, remember? Paulo Coal Hole. Coal Hole. And he says the closest way to pronounce it when you don't know Portuguese is Cui. Co-I-Leo, I believe. Co-I-Leo. So he's going to try to write it for you phonetically, and you don't even know how to. <laughs> how do you sound it out? So he's saying it would be Paulo Coalho. 
Coalio. 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 There we go. Like koala. Just call him Coalhole again. I'm back to Coalhole. <laughs> he also says if you want to give me a call, I'll teach you the right way to say it. Um, Daniel, thank you so much. He says keep up the good work. So I'm glad you're enjoying the show. And uh, thank you. Yeah, we didn't get Coalhole. We didn't really know. Um, are you, do you have those voicemails that we can We play? have one, yeah. Okay, let's let's hear it. Hi, Sarah and Sammy. This is Lindsay calling you from Jacksonville, Florida. I've been listening to you guys since your 99.5 days. I'm the same Lindsay that I hadn't heard the uh, real Gangster Paradise until I was in college. And no way! I heard the Weird Al Yankovic version. Anyway, um, just wanted to say hi and tell you that I'm a huge fan and... You guys are doing a great thing. I'm so happy for you guys. Smoke weed every day. And it's about damn time because I've been Aww. a fan, seriously, for I don't want to make us all feel old, but I've been listening to you guys for, let's just say, many years. Mm-hmm. So congratulations. Glad it's going well. And, yeah. Um, Aww. You can reach back to me if you want to or not. Either way. Um my phone number. Yeah, it's okay. That's what I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna oh pull it God, off. I was like, so, is she gonna give it? Her I don't know. What's her name? Um, her name was, I believe, Lindsay. Lindsay. Okay, I knew. Okay, from Jacksonville. Lindsay, thank you so much for listening, and we will call you back. I'll call you back on that line. I mean, I haven't really figured out how to dial out from Google Voicemail yet, but anyway, uh, we do have a number, 207-613-6695, so you can weigh in if you don't feel like emailing. Also, Sammy, you know, over the past year, because we're coming up on our one-year anniversary for Mm -hmm. this podcast, if you can believe it, I have said, you know, we are worldwide, which at times you have said, well, that's not exactly true, because initially when we started out, we had somebody listening in Kansas City, Texas, No, you'd be like, we are worldwide, (laughs) all the way from D.C. to Kansas City. (laughs) And I'd be like, Sarah, we got one email from someone in Kansas City. That's not worldwide. And then you started taking it because we have one listener that lives in Abu Dhabi. Yes, And now you're like, worldwide, Abu Dhabi to Kansas to D.C. And Australia. And now, by the way, I'll have you know Seychelles. Okay. Seychelles. Seychelles. Hey, Sarah and Sammy. I love you guys so much, and I didn't want to go without listening for over a week, so I'm listening to you on the beach on my vacation in Seychelles. Okay, she's on vacation, Sarah. She's not from there. <laughs> yeah, but they're taking us worldwide. She goes, I know you're, quote, worldwide, so I just wanted to let you know you can add one more place to the list now. That's like me sitting there and just carrying my phone with me whenever I travel and be like, well, Sarah... Technically, we have them on the show in 45 different countries. And you know what? It's about to be played in Cuba. Why don't you play it on the beaches of Cuba when you're there in January? Oh, why? Because I don't want to be thrown in jail, Sarah. You know Guantanamo's in Cuba, right? <laughs> and literally right there. And uh, Claire goes on to say, we left the day before thanks the election, thank God, and are headed back. Uh, I'm a little afraid of what D.C. is like right now, but I guess I'll find out soon enough. Sad face. Anyway, love you guys. Keep doing the great work that you're doing. Well, thank you for listening in Seychelles, and I'm glad that we're worldwide. Mm-hmm. And am I saying that right? Where is Seychelles? I don't even know where that is. Isn't it an island in... Uh, that's a, yeah, that's what I kind of thought. Is it in the Atlantic? No. Uh, I don't know. No. Yeah. It's in the Atlantic. Um, oh, okay. Well, good. Well, I bet it was gorgeous. Um, Off the coast of Africa. Oh, my God. I bet it was unreal. Oh, um, I, I don't would know how to pronounce to it, though. Right I'm not going to lie. I don't know how to pronounce it. Oh, you don't think it. it's Seychelles? I mean, I don't know. Probably. I mean, I... Oh, it's please. in the Indian Ocean. Sorry. It's on the Indian Ocean. I don't have a clue how to pronounce it either. I just thought I'd heard it once somewhere else one time. I mean, here's what... Sarah, look. Somalia, oh Kenya, God. Tanzania. That dot right there. Wow. Seychelles. <gasps> oh, my God. I'm assuming I it's French of some sort. Like, Seychelles. 
Why don't we just call it coal hole? <laughs> hey, I'm down with coal hole. Works for me. Thanks for sending us. Uh, this is probably my future, but a Beaver Township woman in Ohio has been arrested for soliciting men uh, for sex in exchange for nachos. Officers said that Crystal Holtzen, uh, 36 years old, was advertising her services on uh, youngstownbackpage.com where she told an undercover cop that she'd provide a sex act for $60 in nachos. $60 in nachos? That's my girl <laughs> right there. Hold on. Why the... This is what I... This is what really upsets me about police. Why? How do you not have a sense of humor? Okay, this lady, all she wanted was $60 worth of nachos and she was <laughs> yeah. going to give you anything. Like, are you kidding me? And you're going to put her in jail? They like, did. I know. I agree with you, poor thing. We ought to bail her out. Uh, she was arrested and charged with solicitation and criminal activity. Poor thing. Uh, the man who drove her to the restaurant was also arrested because she, she said that she would meet the guy, the police officer, at the restaurant at Los Galos Mexicana Restaurant where she would get the nachos and then have sex with him. Again, I don't find any. Okay, how is that any different than, than a Tinder date? You know, I know how many Tinder dates people have been on, Sarah, in which they literally buy the girl nachos and they have sex with her? <laughs> like, and that's not prostitution. How is that not? Like, why? Because this girl posted the fact that, hey, I want nachos, then I'll have sex, as opposed to other girls that I know that, you know, we just be like, oh, fuck, I don't have any money to buy food, so I'm definitely going to have sex with this guy after I eat the nachos. <laughs> well, thank I agree with you. I think it's terrible they put her in jail. It's awful. All right. Hold on. Anyway. I figured out how to say it. Oh. Seychelles. Seychelles. You were right, Sarah. Oh, my God. That's the first time ever. Wow. I'm putting that on my resume. Put it on your resume. Be like, you know, it was, I don't even know what day of the week it is right now. Seychelles. Is it Thursday? It is a Thursday. It's a Thursday. you know, whatever day we're recording. Yeah. We're giving you some extra shows, so it's not like we're, like, I was going to try to lie and actually be like, you know, our old school days were like, we're here live on Thursday, January, or November. Fuck, I already screwed up. See, I already November twenty fourth. Be like, no, we're not, dude. We're 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 sitting at home. I got my pants off right now. I'm probably slapping it. Well, you're at tea Thanksgiving. Sarah, it's eleven forty in the morning. I'm still at home slapping it right now. Okay, well. Aren't you always caught up on those two things? Because you'll say that to me. And one, I always say you can't lie to the li- you can't lie well, to the listener like to. anymore. I, just, I, I hate it. It's tell it's like, whatever. We're on yeah. vacation and we've pre-recorded this. Okay, there you go. But two, you always say to me this: What's the deal with the story? Do we talk local when we're now worldwide, or do we talk worldwide? And I always go: I think we talk worldwide, but we don't ignore the fact that, that we, we live, live locally. Yeah. So if something comes up and we're like, "Hey, we like this restaurant. We went here," you talk about it normally because we were in a show where you'd have to pretend. Hey, um, you would just say. Oh, my God, I went out downtown last week. Or we were by all the bars, you know? Right. And it's like such stupid shit like that. Yesterday was completely generic. And I'd be like, no, no, no. I was in Adams Morgan. I live in D.C. Okay? I don't know what the hell to tell you this. So sometimes I feel like I get tripped up on that still, where I'm like, do we pretend? Like, hey, guys, we're live at Thanksgiving. Before we go to Thanksgiving dinner, we're giving you a live show. And then we, like, pretend on social media. I never got that. It was always so stupid to me. Does it shock you that major designers are refusing to dress First Lady Melania Trump and say that for four years they're not going to uh, provide her with clothing or they don't want to be called to give her inspirational ideas? Absolutely. Uh, Sophie Feelett, I have no idea who she is, um, has said that she will not dress the First Lady and is calling on other designers to do the same. She didn't respond to immediate comment. This was Feelett. Um, but she says that the fashion industry has an opportunity to really express and speak up for their voices and the injustices that could be happening uh, within the Trump campaign and already the rhetoric of racism and sexism and xenophobia that uh, her husband unleashed earlier. 
interesting. Uh, a spokesperson for Melania Trump did not respond immediately for a request and comment. In the lead up to the election, the former model wore Ralph Lauren, Gucci, Fendi, Dolce & Gabbana, and Michael Kors, amongst other labels. Hmm. All of which she purchased, by the way. So it wasn't like they gave her Well, yeah, we assume she purchased it. Interesting. Um, so anyway, you're going to see some, some designers boycotting her and refusing to dress her. So I thought that was fascinating. That's good. <laughs> you're all for I'm that, I'm all right? for that. I'm all for that, yeah. I know. I, I mean, you know, we'll have to talk a political update when we get back. Give me more time to research. Go, okay. Go research all you want to. It's going to be a boring four years in D.C., I tell you that much. You think it is? Yeah. What do you mean by boring? It's... What, just like all the white guys they're appointing? Oh, my God, yeah. It's going to be so boring. That Mitt Romney? I mean, probably by the time It's going to be scary, too. I'm just going to throw this out there, that when people, you know, it's very scary that they're actually having people working on a registry for Muslims. As everyone looked at me in my face, they go, Sammy, that's not going to happen. That was just election talk. No, no. They are legitimately working on a registry for Muslims, and everyone that told me that I was an elitist bullshit, you can all suck my ass right now. <laughs> what? Was because like only that me. is oh, and well, that a couple was, people that know, no, because that, guess what? You're saying that it's actually happening. I talk, I called so my is dad. The wall. I called my dad. I go, Dad, look at this. Are you going to register? He goes, Well, I mean, I go, I'm registering your ass. You are not. Yeah, I'm gonna, because he's a Muslim. He needs no. to. He needs to be proud of what he is. He's trying to deny back. Oh, well, I don't really part. No, no. You came here as a Muslim. You raised a kid that was Muslim. Your family's Muslim. You're Muslim. And if they're going to sit there and write, because at this point, what are you going to say? Like, back in World War II, they didn't, like, you couldn't sit there and all of a sudden convert from Judaism and be like, okay, well, you can live now. No. They, 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 that's it. Like, you know, you were a Jew. You had this much in your blood. Like, I'm not justifying this, but my understanding of this so-called registry was much like the terrorist watch list, where it was going to be Muslims who are coming into the country that are not citizens. Uh, they're that making people, based on their religion, sign up for a registry, Sarah. Okay. I have to do, How is I have that to do not hate-filled? How is it not what's hate-filled? It what's it called? Uh, Trump is doing a Muslim registry? I mean, I would just type in the, re- the Muslim registry. That's it. I mean, you'll find a million stuff on it. I thought this was... I didn't realize that this is happening for already uh, They're already citizens. No, they're already talking about... They're working on actually drafting and... Like, it's an actual policy they're going to try to actually do in the presidency. A spokesperson is claiming that Donald Trump never called for Muslim registry despite video evidence. Uh, yeah, it's turning out to be... they're working on it, and so many people are already saying that if they do say that, do you know how many people are going to register as a Muslim? I don't know Even how though many. they're not. Like, you're going to have millions of oh, people... to stand up to for. Stand, so they're okay. going to say, yeah, I'm going to be fine. You know what? Cool. Sarah Fraser, I'm a Muslim. I'll be on there. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, in a video asked by a reporter for NBC if he would implement a database of Muslims, Trump responded, I would certainly implement that. Absolutely. Asked if Muslim Mus- asked if Muslims would be legally obligated to sign into the database, Trump responded, they have to be. He also said there should be a lot of systems beyond databases. We should have a lot of systems. It is going to be an interesting time. I mean, we'll talk about... I, I, you know, look, I'm always up to talk about it. And it is it is kind of scary, some of the people he's appointing, for sure. So I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, you know, the Breitbart Steve Bannon guy is terrifying. Uh, yeah. So anyhow, but we can talk more about that when we get back. Uh, if you are like many men, many women, you've probably experienced mansplaining. If you don't know what mansplaining is, it's essentially when um, a man explains to you something that like Did you, you already know. Did you just mansplain mansplaining to me? <laughs> you you just mansplained that. me. You always say that you when I bring this just up. Just mansplain me. 
Well, you know, now there's a hotline. A Swedish union has set up a hotline for workers to report instances of mansplaining as part of a week-long effort to raise awareness of a certain kind of condescending um, talk that men use to explain to women things they already understand. What was this phone number? The hotline um, number, hold on, I believe it's Swedish. It's open 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And let me look at this. Let me look for the number. It's Swedish? It's Swedish, Swedish. I Google it because it's not showing up here. Okay. Uh, in the article, they don't give out the number. Oh, that's a bummer. I know. Uh, but they've had thousands of calls. And from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. every day, members are encouraged to phone in their mansplaining situation. The calls will be answered by 20 men and women who are gender experts, authors, and academics. Oh, my God. I love this. I would talk to them all day. I don't even, you know, I'm trying to think of the last time I was mansplained. When were you last mansplained, Sarah? Um, I'll tell you when the last time I was. About three and a half minutes ago. When? For when you what? mansplained mansplaining to me. No, the last time I can, the only time I feel like um, I was was when a couple of the women brought it up at our last live show. And I think you were really sweet about it. Remember, they were drunk at the end and they were like, I don't like it when you mansplain Sarah. And you were like, oh, you got really upset. Oh, uh, yeah. I think I told them, I was like, okay. <laughs> Uh, anyhow, so it's. Did you find it? No, I can't find the number. Oh. I find everything else, but no number. No number? The mansplaining hotline is what they're calling it in Sweden. Yeah, Swedish. In Sweden. I can't. This is also the problem with news organizations. You guys wrote an entire four, Article. five, six paragraphs on this stupid thing, but you didn't even put the phone number, which is kind of the important part. That is a big one. Uh, how do you feel about this? Morgan Spurlock. You remember him? He's He was the director of... Um Oh, God. What Morgan the, Spurlock? Morgan oh, the Spurlock. guy from Super uh, Size Super Me. Super Size Me. And he has that show where he does like 30 days as somebody else. Yes. This guy's crazy. Well, now he's opening up his own healthy fast food restaurant. Would you go to this or you no. think this is ridiculous? No. Because he's not a chef. He is a skinny white guy that sat there and goes, I'm going to prove that fast food's bad for you. So I'm going to eat everything that's horrible for you for 30 days. Well, no shit, dude. You don't I, think he's a Michael Moore no, I don't doing think, it for the people? He's not doing it for the people. He's doing it for clearly when you open up a fast food restaurant, you're doing it for the money, Holy not the chicken. people. That's what it's called. Holy, Holy chicken. chicken. Can't wait to shit on that place. <laughs> November nineteenth in Columbus, Ohio. We could take, you might you might get there if we do this beer trip with you. You could head there. Uh, I, it's I would an be hour, like yeah, go on, sorry. I would not trade him a single beer for a chicken sandwich there. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> well, that's what he'll focus on. Uh, grilled crispy chicken sandwiches that are going to be locally sourced, locally sourced beverages, uh, no antibiotics in the chickens, and they'll be from local farmers. You know what's the worst? Okay, so what do you I think went, about that? I had lunch yesterday that I went to a place like that that was supposed to be like, we're turning fast food upside down. You know, a new concept. It is a new tr- well, Right? People are trying to do this everywhere, right? I went there and I had a smoked chicken sandwich with mayonnaise, lettuce, tomato on bread. Oh, right? so good. Fuck that, dude. $11. I'll take chicken with hormones any day of the week. <laughs> okay? $11 for this tiny ass sandwich that wasn't even anything special. I was like, are you kidding me? Are are you kidding me right now? Just the sandwich. It was eleven dollars. It was like twelve <laughs> but bucks that's total. What, welcome to the city, though. When you live in a city, yeah, it's but still, like 11, but for this little bucks. thing, like, and that's only because they're trying to do local this, local this. I was like, guys, I also need to eat. Like, I'll kind of have some hormones. I'm coming for a fast food chicken sandwich. Give me some fucking hormones. Well, you make a good point. I think that's why a lot of people still eat at, you know, I mean, McDonald's, I know it's Subway. Bad for you me. have to. I know. But I also know that I can sit there and do it in. <gasps> Moderation. Oh, 
Oh, fast food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not sitting there every day. Well, so this is a no for you in Spurlock, huh? Though today, though, I kind of want to go get something really greasy like that after talking about this Morgan Spurlock shit. <laughs> I know I should probably be eating turkey and stuff. You know, and I never got to this story, but um, I feel like, you know, this should be you someday because we never talked about it. But Guy Fieri's restaurant in New York, they got panned, you know, still made like $17 million last year. Guy you know, Fieri, people flock to these things. Yeah, Guy Fieri sucks ass, all right? <laughs> And you know who flocks them? People that also go, we got a big date night. It's our anniversary, our 20th anniversary, babe. You know where we're going? Guy Fieri's. Chili's. No, oh. I'm saying it's the same people. And they're in New York City on vacation for the first time. They've never been to the big city. They go there and they go, oh, we should go to Guy Fieri's spot. I see him on TV. I know, $17 million. Doesn't that make you want to go, hey, you know what? I mean, look, it happens. Okay, I think there's people need to understand, okay? I have no problem with you making money. Just don't look at me and try to say that you're a creative genius when you literally are only making money. Like, you're not doing anything creative. You're not doing anything beneficial towards the, the notion of cooking or towards the culinary arts, Guy so Fieri. Think, oh. But at least admit the fact that you're like, I'm a dick bag and I'm going to make a lot of money off this because people love dick bags. Then that's cool. But it's, he tries to pretend like he's like... A celebrity you know, chef? A, no, he tries to pretend like he's an actual chef. He's like, yo, but I got my slamming fish tacos with wonton wrappers. We're like, dude, go suck a dick. Like, <laughs> you go, like, seriously. You, that is the worst. It's, it's okay, I get it. You think you're super cool because you're literally taking fish and frying a wonton wrap or putting it in like a taco. But, I mean, come on. I'm not going to fall for this crap. Like. Well, and if you recall, I mean, this was several years ago. This was four or five years ago. But the New York Times reviewed his restaurant and destroyed him and basically said that, like, the drinks were, like, antifreeze. Um, you know, it was like eating roadkill. Well, like, that's what it is. It's, yeah, it's supposed to be, like, just a – it's supposed to be, like, a Chili's-based concept, which, unfortunately, people don't realize. Yes, they cook your food there, but it all comes in vacuum-sealed bags ready to go. So they're literally just reheating, you know, or searing your food and giving it to you. I, I just found that hysterical because I know we trashed on it so much and trashed on him and then yet people obviously still love him. $17 million. One of the highest grossing restaurants in the country. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, but I feel like, like a really? lot of things can make a lot of money just for being shitty. God, I'm going to come up with a concept. <laughs> so think of something really shitty. Okay, well, okay, no problem. All right. I'm not a big food person, so I don't know if it would be food or not. I come up with a good uh, protein bar. Sometimes I like protein bars a for A protein lunch. bar. There you go. Just make it really shitty. <laughs> Excuse me? This is... A, and then put, like, one of the tasteful. real housewives on it, and you're set. Great. We already know one. Oh, yeah, you do. Um, Though I just did market this as a shitty product. I'm pretty sure Ashley would not be down with this anymore. I don't know. I think people still want... Hey, look at Guy Fieri. You're right. I mean, once you have, we have like, a show, he has to, once he, we have a show, we can produce anything. Like I always look at this, and I realize a guy like Guy Fieri, there's no way that he wakes up in the morning and doesn't look in the mirror and go, "God, I'm a piece of shit." <laughs> I don't think he does. Like, he ha- no, he does. At this point, like I feel like any human being at that point has to at least notice that. Oh, I he think looks he's at his like frosted tips, his, <laughs> his like flamed bowling shirt, and he goes, "God, I'm a dick." Um, when you were growing up, do you feel like in general everybody in Iowa and Cedar Rapids had about the same amount of money? Um, uh, sure. Some people had a lot more money. Sure. Too. I would say, like, especially like in elementary school. Okay. Because that's more local to, you know, it's a much smaller area. Mm-hmm. So that was everyone in my neighborhood, you know? And if you had a house in the neighborhood, then yeah, you probably were, you know. But then as we went to high school and it became more broad, then I think we saw more, like, discrepancies. But it wasn't much. Like, you're talking in Iowa. Someone that's rich is making $100,000 a year. 
someone that's poor is making forty thousand, you know, thirty thousand dollars. Okay, so it's not. So as it's big like, and it's really cheap yeah. to live there too. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So you can definitely get by. Um, well, this is an interesting article that says that when elite parents dominate volunteering, uh, children lose. And by that, they mean that instead of just focusing on the basics, like going out having fun, once an elite parent gets involved, lots of times it becomes about um, lack of currency and therefore raising cash to go on extravagant either trips or excursions, which can often make students who are impoverished or don't have as much feel left out. Yeah, I can understand that. If they're all of a sudden saying, like, well, we should take all the students to this museum, and that's going to cost 20 bucks to get into the museum for the kid, plus you got to get them food, plus, you know, there's probably a transportation fee, plus they're going to want to buy something from the gift shop. You're talking about giving your kid, you know, 35, 40 bucks just for the day, and he's what, five years old? Exactly. So they're saying this, that more uh, elite parents have the time and the resources to come in and volunteer for long periods of time, which, one, makes a lot of other parents who have to work 40, 50, 60 hours a week feel guilty for not being able to represent their kid. And then on top of that, when elite parent volunteers, the activities tend to be more about volunteering and then going and making chocolate mousse cakes on Valentine's Day. Much more extravagant than, hey, let's just give out, you know, Let's just sit there and play Duck, Duck, Goose. (laughs) I will say I've always been mind blown by the notion of parent volunteers at school. What do you mean? Why? Because, okay, I consider it to be a professional environment, right? So these teachers have to go through college, are educated. They focus on education. That is what they do for a living. You know, even like the teacher's assistants, they're still somewhat focused on education. You know, that's like what they do. But yet, all of a sudden, you're going to let some random parent walk in and just, like, teach a group of kids for the day because they're a parent volunteer? That doesn't make any sense. That makes zero... That's like you're a banker, okay? Okay. But all of a sudden, you know, you sit there as a bank and you go, well, shit, yeah, I let my friends come in and just, like... Come Count on money. in and run, run Count money. They run the, the registers for the day. Yeah, why the fuck not? Like, that makes no sense. Like, that makes no sense at all to me. Okay, these are, like, I want a teacher. Now, if this volunteer happens to also be an educator, or, like, maybe they don't teach anymore. Right, so retired professor. Then fine. Yes, come on in and teach the kids. If you are, you know, I'm sorry, but if, a you're, wealthy a, house if you're a wealthy housewife or you work, you know, and you're at a marketing firm all day long, you don't know shit about what a kid needs. Like, no offense. You may know what your kid needs, and when it's your kid, I don't care. But as a far, but as opposed to being able to understand what the group of kids needs, I don't know why. It makes no sense to me, which I know I'm probably going to get a lot of hate from moms right now. That Sammy K at HeyFrage.com. Have you checked the email yet? Yeah, I did. Oh, you have you gotten any messages? I didn't actually check the email. I'll just okay. lie to you right then. I know I told you I'd be honest this it's week, like, but I already on. lied. I already, Because every time I tell you to remind me after the show, and guess what you don't do? <laughs> I didn't you never remind you. me. Yeah. Well, you can email Sammy K uh, at HeyFrage.com. Sarah with an H at HeyFrage.com. We got a phone line, 207-613-6695. Uh, they, I was just going to end with this, but keep you no, can no, keep They say that kids, um, not necessarily like early elementary school, but middle school, high school, students should plan their own events. And that dynamic actually makes public and private schools more democratic than if you get a volunteer parent in there who's more likely to do high-end events. Interesting. I mean, I grew up in Maine. I grew up in a tiny town in Wisconsin. Nobody had, I mean, I think one or two people's families had maybe significantly more money, but they didn't really influence the school so everybody kind of had the same and yeah. we all worked towards like our senior project going away and all that but my mom volunteered growing up some did yours my mom uh she would come once a year and speak to the class about me being a muslim 
during oh, Ramadan. Really that was pretty much it. Or like she would always volunteer for like the cultural days and shit like that. But my mom was also the mom that when we had field trips, you know, and they told you to pack a lunch, she was the one that would sit there, call the school and be like, I'll slip you guys a five. Just make them a shitty sack lunch and send it with them. <laughs> so like I ate, I, I ate sack lunch. I ate school lunch for everything, for every field trip, every day in school, my entire life. We were talking to some of my friends this week and we were saying like, they're like, wait, really? Like, you never had a span of, like, two, three months where your parents made you lunch? It's like, Peanut butter and jelly sandwich over once, and over. Not once. My mom, every Good day. Mom. My mom, every No, but she was just like, well, hold on. I want him to eat. Like, I don't want to sit there. To her, it was the effort. She's like, I don't want to have to put some shitty sandwich together for this kid. He doesn't even eat good sandwiches anyway. Just send him to school. <laughs> have the beef stroganoff. Tomorrow it'll be tacos, son. <laughs> Didn't you like spag- school lunch? That was so yummy. I loved it, dude. I loved it because I always knew that we'd have spaghetti one day and we were going to have so tacos good. the next day for the alternate because i just take the leftover spaghetti sauce, throw in a rancid-ass taco shell, <laughs> put some cheese and lettuce, and be like, here's tacos, kids. I loved it. Yeah. Did you ever get the, did you have the pizza boats? Because like, Friday was every day pizza. Pizza, yeah. Oh, those were so good. You know they sell them. It. You can actually find what? them. What? Yeah, you um, can buy the pizza. What's that company called? There's a company. Cisco. Like, no, no, no. There's an actual. You can buy them like at Giant. Swan. You can buy them like at anything. And they're these small. Someone's going to email us immediately about this, but they're small and they look just like. And if you look it up, it's the same company that makes the ones for Sodexo, which is the company that makes all the school pizzas. That same facility also oh. makes their own brand. They sell at grocery stores. That's really? nothing more than those, yeah, dude. And it was kind of like this weird, like half pizza bread, half French bread, and it was, it was kind of just like, like, like a, a piece. It was just a weird slab. Of like, yeah. Yeah, like a like a square. I used to love those. Though. Those are so, so good. good. Oh my god, where can we order those? I Ship swear them they in. sell them. Hold on, um, that's amazing. I'll find out what they're called. Put someone will email us anyways. Uh, a couple of other stories, and then I want to discuss. You know, um, how you get your workaholic partners scale back. Uh, lice removal is a business that's booming. If you're looking to change industries, you know we're all about following our dreams, following our passion mm-hmm. here. Um, and lice removal is super hot. If you are in a major metropolitan city, you can pay roughly. $250 a child or an adult to have someone come and nitpick like a pro and remove the lice from your uh, family. Oh, that's so fantastic. You want to become, quote, a lice lady or a lice guy? People are paying big money in cities to do that. So you're a professional monkey. <laughs> you're literally going to just sit there and. <laughs> wow, I didn't think of it that way. Um, not only that, but popular new lice um, extermination products are coming out. Lice repellent hairspray is now uh, being popular. It's called Fairy Tales Rosemary Scented Lice Repellent Hairspray, 12 bucks a bottle. A lice repellent hairspray? Yeah. Um, more mm. and more of these lice technicians are selling their own lice removal products. And now there's a lice eraser. Oh, well, lice <laughs> eraser. Well, great. And a holistic lice removal treatment. Uh, a lot of them are offering that, so you're not putting toxic chemicals on, chemicals on your kid or on yourself if you have that. Um, and it's a new kind of foam that's supposedly with natural ingredients that looks like um, marshmallow fluff that covers your hair. Then they wash it out and then nitpick out the lice nests. There you go. How, would, how about that for an occupation? Would you really want to be a lice removal expert? I mean, do you get to eat them afterwards? Or, like, how far do you go? Like, I'm just curious. But then what do you do? How do you get rid of them? Like, well, I guess that you kill them with the, the foam and then oh, I you thought wash them actually, down the drain? Because here's what I would say. What I would do is I would pick them, right? Put them in a little bag. Create a circus with them. You know, <laughs> take it on the road and I'll have the first ever lice circus. <laughs> Good idea. I'm sure people would pay money to see that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, do you have the saddest song up? 
According to science, this is now the saddest song that you can play. The saddest song mm-hmm. you can play. It's, it's from Saving Private Ryan, and apparently psychologists and therapists will play this song if they need to evoke emotion from a patient. Um, listening to this song on repeat will, is the song that scientists say most people will feel sad and eventually cry about. I'm okay. going to hear this. Because I never... But you're talking about the French song, right? Believe it's a French song, yeah. It's an instrumental piece, which is called Discovery of the Camp, and was also featured on Band of Brothers to induce sadness. (laughs) Why is there coughing in the background? It's the actual movie, Sarah. I brought up Saving Private Ryan. I don't know. No, it's the wrong song. If you Google search Band of Brothers Discovery of the Camp, that's okay. the song. Sorry. There you go. Because you, I don't even know what they're talking about. Discovery of the Camp? When I heard that coughing, I was like, wait It's from the movie. There was, uh, Tom Hanks is about to get shot in the sack. <laughs> oh, so it's this movie? They're calling it the saddest song of all time. So it was yes. the same one I was just playing. It's also the most boring song of all time. It's, it's apparently it evokes relaxing sadness and determines if someone's sensitive to emotion. Well, call me soulless because I don't get shit from this. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. See, I would rather have beaches. You know, wing um, wind beneath my wings. Like if you played for me, beaches. Bette Midler, that song, and then played that movie scene, like, I would just break down. Like, that would be for me. I mean, I could evoke so much emotion. That is like, that. And again, I'm going to throw this out there that you call yourself a millennial, but then you say things like this, which clearly is a sign that you're a Generation Xer. Oh, whatever. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I could cry right now. You are oh my so God. old. I could really. This movie was so good. Are you, you are actually fucking tearing up right now? Holy shit. There is, you are actually doing this. Oh my god, I didn't realize. I'm gonna play it go. Fall, Sarah, go for it. Go for it. Cry. 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 I cry. I know I'm already getting there. I'm getting there. Did you ever know I could honestly You're actually crying. Blow your nose, Sarah. Oh, Make you. Oh you're God, actually crying. Right you're actually oh crying. God, that is emotional. awesome. I know. Oh, God. I mean, oh. look at Sarah. I wanted to cry, too. You did? My ears were bleeding. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, I did not feel comfortable. I have to tear. I'm actually tearing up. That song is so sad. Oh, my God. It's like her best friend dying of cancer. It's like the saddest thing. You're still fucking crying. <laughs> I told you. I told you. Oh, my if God. If you played that song for me in that movie, I would, like, die. That, and did you ever see the movie Stepmother? Oh my God! Did it's it have Ben Miller in it? No, no. It had Julia Roberts. Guess what, Sarah? The answer is still no. Mm. No, man. You never saw Beaches. You and Monica need to watch it. It's the saddest go movie. Go, well, Sarah. Yeah, let's go watch a let's go watch a Bette Midler movie. What are you doing on date night, babe? We live in DC. We can go do a million things, but let's stay at home and watch Beaches with Bette Midler. <laughs> well, oh, I just that song makes me. I cry can't believe every you time. actually were crying. You actually mm-hmm. teared up. That is the funniest thing. I'm going to oh start playing God. it at the most inappropriate times then now. Don't. I will break down. That song is so. Does Dan know this? Because no, I was I've hit. never told Dan that. Well, I'm going to tell Dan. I'm going to text Dan. 
in right when we get on the show and tell them, be like, yo, dude, you got to play this song, man. It will make her cry out of nowhere. Oh, my God. I'm going to start paying ball. restaurants to, like, start playing it in the background just to see you to start crying and stuff. That is such a dick move. It is so funny. Oh, my God. That song is so oh touching. God. Can you imagine? Oh, Could I imagine like... being Bette Midler? No, Sarah. Actually, I can't. I cannot imagine being Bette Midler. Well, maybe you could imagine being Danny DeVito. But, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Is that offensive? I don't know. You just called me Danny DeVito, Sarah. He's a legend. You know, and his best friend is George Clooney. Yeah, okay, fine. Awesome. Sarah, have you seen a picture of Danny DeVito lately? Have you ever watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? He keeps sausages in his pockets, Sarah. No, I'm talking Danny DeVito when he was with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, Danny DeVito from Twins. Kindergarten Cop. Oh, twins. From t- twins, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're talking about Danny DeVito from Taxi because he was so much more attractive in the 70s when he looked the exact same as he does now. <laughs> he was attractive. And, you know, he makes a great limoncello. Go screw your home, Lannis. There's You think Danny DeVito is attractive. Yes. When was the last time you saw a picture? Danny DeVito attractive. You also look, look like Robert De Niro, too. Me, look, I look like a mix of... Yeah. Fucking Danny DeVito. And yeah. You just told me this guy, Sarah. You're such an asshole. Why? You do. You look like Danny DeVito. I look like this guy to you? <laughs> that is Danny DeVito. And you're that telling me I look like Kim? Like, That's an exaggeration. Oh, here. And let's take it. Here, look. Here's a picture of him from back in the day. Okay, yeah. Back in the 70s okay. when he was, like you said, sexy. Okay. He looks as old as my father does now. And this was in the Sammy, 70s. he's handsome. That's what you look like. You are so handsome. I look like Danny DeVito. I I, honestly, what year was that? Circa 78? Circa yeah, 80? I'm going to look like this soon? <laughs> yes, Tell me, yeah. That is your future. I honestly, I, uh, I, 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 I may walk off the show <laughs> no, right now. No, no, don't, don't. Oh, my God. Look, when he was the penguin, Sarah. Okay, no. Well, first of all, you don't look anything like that. Danny DeVito Young, people will agree with this, by the way. Email us, Sarah at HeyFrage.com, Sammy K at HeyFrage.com. You know we look like that. Um, tickets are for sale. Are well, you next- look like Lena Dunham. That's fine. I, I do, my body actually, she looks is like pretty, Lena yeah, Dunham. Yeah, actually, can I tell you? I said that as a joke, and then I realized actually she no, does look like I, Lena Dunham. My body, when Lena Dunham gets nude on girls, that's what I look like. You just tell Dan to look at that and get himself started. <laughs> is that what you say to him? I'll be, I'll be back, babe. I'm gonna go fresh up. You just look at Lena Dunham and get yourself started. <laughs> Okay, that, by the way, you got me back. That is so insulting. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to do that. I'm actually going to try that. You should just play, like, an episode of Girls so when she's sitting there, like, with the really high socks on and, like, her frumpy underwear. Just be like, all right, Dan, look at that. That's completely what I look like. I'll be back in 15 seconds. By the way, uh, tickets are on sale for our live show, our one-year anniversary. These are a few of our favorite things show. We're going to roll out some of our favorite guests, some of our favorite food items, some of our favorite segments that you guys uh, can vote on by emailing us or calling our phone line, 207-613-6695. But December 9th here at the D.C. Improv, tickets are on sale for our live show. Be sure to get them now. The shows have all sold out. This one will, too. Um, so dcimprov.com. I want to end the show with, um, you know, so speaking of Dan, right? Okay. You, you were saying that you think I'm a workaholic, but Dan is a complete workaholic. And I'm wondering, you know, this has been our ongoing discussion, but, you know, he's beginning to scale back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering how you get your workaholic. Because he's trying to now grasp the concept of what would life be like if he slowed down. But, but he, think, and, he, and that's kind of like okay. our yeah. Go on. But you're saying Dan's a workaholic, but I feel that you are a schedule-aholic. But what does that mean? Which means that you may not be physically working all that time, 
But you schedule yourself to wake up at 7 a.m. and to be I busy do. all day long doing stuff. So if anything, you're just as guilty as he is. Only he is focused on just working where you're focused. I mean, you have like all these therapy sessions. You go to these random blogger. Like you, you keep your day completely booked. I do, and that's because I am with a workaholic. So what am I going to do, go home and sit by myself? No. Yeah. Look at Lena Dunham. Get some sex tips. (laughs) She's out working all the time, too. Yeah, she is, actually. She is. Yeah, thank you. I'm, like, building, you know, trying to build this show and all that. No, but, I mean, but you can't judge Dan when you're doing the same thing, is what I'm trying to say, that you guys are both workaholics. Like, if anything... So what, I need to stay home and then complain? Yeah. Okay, so stay home and then... But I don't want to say, like, so you're just as busy as I'm trying to say. So right now, you would have to literally stop doing all what you're doing and stay home and, like, and then you have an excuse to be like, all right, Dan, I've been home a lot lately. I just want to spend time with you. Yeah. But then all he's going to tell you is shift your schedule. Because what's his schedule is so random, isn't it? It is kind of random, but it's like seven days a week. It's it's insane. It's like constant work all the time. He has to work. Soccer never sleeps, Sarah. I know. Even when we're on vacation, he's like working. As we're speaking right now, as you're playing this podcast on Thanksgiving Day, he's working. Yeah, and? Well, how do you get somebody to scale back? Sarah, do you but, have like a beaches moment with them and you just like. You know, that's what you do, Sarah. You should walk up eyes. to him, look in his eyes, you know, just say, Dan. He's going to look at you and be like, wait, you want to be a soccer coach now? <laughs> no, I just want him to scale back. I wish you had some tips. Have you ever dated a woman that was a total workaholic? Yeah, and I love it. I love it. That's what you want. I love it. I love because to me, at this point in my life, you should be a workaholic. At this age in your life, you should be because you have not, you don't have kids. You're not married. Right, you don't have to worry about this and this. This is your time to really sit there, and you can stay up. You know what I mean? Like you have the the endurance to actually sit there and be a workaholic. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I do from like, seven to six. Seven to six, I'm on. But then at six o'clock, I have to wrap it up. I can't. Oh do no, any I'll go. All, like I'm always sitting there. Like I love right now. I go home. People are like like at any yeah, I've been in, if too. they go, if they say to me, they go, well, I have to do some emails and work tonight. I go, great. I'll come by. I'll do work too, and I'll sit there and I'll work. Like. You guys could work together. Maybe that's the thing. Is like I found. Oh, that do you think I should go to work with him? Ooh, no! Don't go to work with him. I'm saying if there's anything that he can do while he's oh, there at home, at home while yeah, you're there. Do then, that. Was, then yeah, that's what I do. Like I have no problem sitting there and you know doing work. And now we kind of get in this little, this little, not really uh, argument, but this little back and forth of, you know, in the morning, um, it's always like, oh, well, you fired up your computer first. No, you did. So then, then we're just both on the computer sitting there and just computering away. Okay, because you guys are trying to say who did it first. Like, no, just at this point, you look, you go, I got work to do. You got work to do? Fucking A. Let's get it done. But I'm trying to get him to work less. That's what I'm saying. Should I walk but around you noon? Because Should I gonna... share this Lena Dunham body? He's not going to, he's not going to care. <laughs> he's going to look at you in some stained sweatpants that he owns okay. and say, no. No, Sarah. Can you please go out of my way? That is so insulting. You make rec- me sound like a slob. <laughs> okay, that is like the worst. All right, you know what? I'm just saying that at this point, you guys are at the age that you guys should both be workaholic. I think that you having this conversation now is actually a warning sign for him that, like, he has, like, unfortunately, he has to get shit done. As a man, in the back of his head, he's always thinking, how can I get shit done? Right or wrong? 
he's trying to figure out how can I, I pay this? Him. How can I pay the okay, rent? How yeah, can I take yeah, care yeah. of I think this? So, that's true. so he's got to get shit done. So unfortunately, he realizes now he's not alienating a child, right? So it's not like he's leaving a kid at home all by himself and he can't be there, right? So this is his time to actually legitimately be a workaholic and it be positive for your relationship. Okay, I see what you're if saying. If you guys were, if you were pregnant, you know, you're about to pop out your third kid or some shit like that, and you were barefoot walking around like huge, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm talking about gargantuan, like you grew a full beard like Adele. <laughs> then yeah, then I totally understand you being upset like, hey, you need to be around home. But right now he has no reason to make those sacrifices oh because the sacrifices he does make for work are going to benefit you in the long run. You're so funny. Oh my God, you really are a fucking riot. Is it time to end this show? I gotta leave on that. Alright, fine. I'll get the hell out of here. <laughs> what do, you, uh, do you want me to play their song again? It's Thanksgiving Day, guys. Don't check our social media. Then you'll realize. Oh my god. So, I'm so emotional. Alright, I can't play that anymore. That song blows my ass. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so good. DCimprov.com. Get your tickets. You can play that song for us. Oh my god, you literally were crying. I, I, I just literally played it for five seconds, Sarah. It was a joke. All right. Happy tea, Thanksgiving. Bye. 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 Enjoy bye. your turkey. Silver